0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. ChooseWood.com. It's Monday, June 7th. This is The Gateway. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. Ahead, the Midwest region has some of the highest rates of rented farmland in the country, and that can have environmental
1: consequences. The financial pressure is tilted towards more and more farmland owned by non-farmers who really just look at the bottom line of the cash income.
0: Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin provides an analysis of the environmental impact of tenant farming later in the show. First, the news. St. Louis County health officials say less than 1% of those who have received the COVID-19 vaccine have contracted the coronavirus. Public health experts say the tiny number shows the vaccine is significantly effective at preventing people from getting sick and dying. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Bentham reports.
2: The health department has recorded just over 200 coronavirus cases in vaccinated county residents. More than 350,000 adults in St. Louis County have received the vaccine. County officials say most of the 212 people had minor coronavirus symptoms or no symptoms at all. Jim Heinrichs is an infectious disease doctor who works at the health department. He says tracking cases in vaccinated people can give clues to how effective the vaccine works over time, particularly against newly emerging variants.
1: So those are some questions that are still unanswered as to how effective the vaccine will continue to be.
2: Heinrichs says vaccinated people should continue to be cautious, especially around family and friends who haven't yet received their shot. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio.
0: School districts in the St. Louis region are seeing their summer school enrollment numbers rebound. That's after they fell by half or even two-thirds last year when programs were still fully virtual. Hancock Place has more high schoolers signed up this summer, which Principal Joe Veldhuizen is encouraged about. Usually we're kind of tracking kids down in terms of, hey, you need some credits, like here's what you should take this summer. And this year it's been a lot more proactive on the student sense. But Veldhuizen says half of the students are signed up because they flunked a class this year. Other districts in the region have expanded their summer programming, and enrollment is up above 2019 levels for some schools. The state of Missouri has never allowed people to use its conservation areas for commercial purposes. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, that will change for photographers and videographers on July 1st.
2: The Missouri Department of Conservation's Amy Beekler says the department avoided allowing people to use the properties to make money because it took away from the fundamental missions of conservation areas. Protection of wildlife, as well as fishing, hunting, and wildlife viewing activities. we typically stayed pretty close to that mandate. But she says the department got enough requests to look into developing a permitting system. Those who want to take commercial photos will pay $100 a year. Video permits are more expensive, $500 a day. Special permits will be required for large groups or things like using a drone or being in conservation areas after dark. Beekler says the additional funds will cover the cost of the staff who will review and issue the permits. I'm Rachel Lipman. St. Louis Public Radio.
0: Increasingly, farmers don't own the land they work. That's particularly true in the country's breadbasket and can have environmental consequences. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin looked at farmland rental data to figure out how the system is impacting the land itself. As she reports... Farmers who rent appear less likely to use conservation practices.
2: Central Illinois farmer Lynn Warfell feels a deep connection to his land.
1: One summer afternoon, my wife and I were sitting on the corner of of that horse tank over there. Uh, It was a hot afternoon and it started to rain and we both cried. We were so full of joy for that rain. My wife and I sat there and cried.
2: Warfell, now 80 years old, still owns the land that's been in his family since his great-grandfather arrived in Champaign County in the 1800s. But now he rents out the corn and soybean operation to his neighbors down the street. It's a crop share arrangement. Warfell provides the land and pays the taxes. His tenants provide the machinery and labor, and they split the profits 50-50. His tenants are good farmers, Warfell says, and he thinks his land is in good hands. Still,
1: of course, I watch them like a hawk. I live here. I watch what they do every day.
2: Not all farm landlords are like that, though. Many don't even live near the acres they rent out.
1: A guy who's renting the land from Springfield is not gonna be sitting here with his wife, and he's not gonna be crying when it rains.
2: More than half of Illinois farmland is rented, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. That's the highest rate in the country, but it follows a Midwestern trend. Soren Rundquist studies agricultural conservation practices for the Environmental Working Group. Things like planting cover crops and their prevalence on Midwestern farms.
0: The sense we get it, it that it's more of a business decision, uh, you know, trying to make the most out of your investment in terms of renting land, uh, planting your cash crop versus, you know, incorporating uh, a best management practice.
2: For many landowners, it's all about making a profit. And while there are some existing conservation incentive programs, most of them involve long-term commitments. Most farmland leases run one year at a time. Harvest Public Media analyzed data from the 2017 Census of Agriculture. Those numbers show, in general, Illinois counties with higher rates of rented farmland have fewer acres planted in cover crops. Same goes for acres of no-till, a conservation practice that helps reduce soil erosion and sequester carbon that contributes to global warming. Gary Schnitke is a professor of farm management at the University of Illinois. He says many farmland owners don't see a profit in conservation programs that don't yield immediate returns.
1: The attitude of the landowner really matters, right? So if if they're concerned about the long term viability of the farm, which many of them are, so those things can happen. If on the other hand, those landowners want the largest current return you can get without much concern for the future, then you have more of an issue.
2: He says farmland is a pretty good investment. Bill Gates, for example, is America's top farmland owner. And that's why the rental system will likely persist.
1: I mean, it's the only system you got. So (laughs) what you gotta do?
2: Lynn Warfell says the system we got could have long-term consequences for the soil.
1: If you don't protect the soil, from wind and water erosion. And if you till it constantly uh, with huge machines, (laughs) uh, that has an impact. And it's having an impact. We are losing precious soil.
2: He says to save the soil, we need more farmland owners like him, who know how to take care of it. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media.
0: That piece comes from Harvest Public Media, which reports on farm and food issues in collaboration with St. Louis Public Radio and other public media stations across the Midwest. For more information, go to harvestpublicmedia.org. One more note before we go. St. Louis Public Radio is looking into racially restrictive covenants and deeds in the St. Louis region. In the early to mid-1900s, white homeowners and realtors commonly used these tools to keep black people out of certain neighborhoods. If you live in an old home, check your records. They might have clues that could help inform our reporting. Look through your real estate documents for restrictions on who could own it and live there. You can find more information on how to share those documents and your stories with us on our website stlpr.org slash housing discrimination. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jason Rosenbaum.